Hey, it's the Baldy Bishops. All right, good afternoon. I almost say good morning. It's afternoon. Normally, we no. Sometimes we do this in the afternoon. Sometimes we do. Yeah, this is new. We're not, we're doing it in the church <laughs> building today because you've been teaching class. Yep. So yeah, Genesis one and how it points to Jesus. Yeah, points points to Christ and everything comes full circle, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's other things in Genesis one too. But, of course, yeah, yeah. But it's the the water that Genesis one swims in is. Points to Jesus, right? No question, yeah. So, good stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yesterday was a... You're usually record these on Thursday, but it was a full... I was there. I was at prison until four o'clock, so from nine. So, it was a long, long day. It was a long day, yeah. Mm. Yeah. But a great opportunity to, to go in there, so I'm excited mm. about that. Mm. Let me ask you a weird question. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a movie buff. Right. And I was talking to someone yesterday, and, and we just happened to share the same favorite movie. Oh. Which is Gladiator. All right. It's my favorite movie, mm. I think, ever. Do you have one? Oh, what are we doing? Sam Albury and <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. I was, I was just thinking about it. And I'm going to ask. What's my favorite movie? Ask someone asked me that recently. <laughs> the other day, someone asked me about my favorite movie. Uh, I do like Braveheart, even though it's not historically accurate. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, Pretty often. It? But I remember like watching it as a kid and being like, yes, freedom! <laughs> yeah, just loving it. Yeah. Yeah, but I haven't watched it for years. Lord of the Rings trilogies, extended mm-hmm. editions, always a go-to for me. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. But um, now that I'm into the books, sometimes I miss what's not in the movies. Mm. I like her, the movie her. Okay, yeah. Some a scene that maybe I would skip over, but um, I, d- I don't know. I, for some reason, that always gets me. I like the the soundtrack of her. I listen to that when I'm studying mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. So I was just thinking that most of the most of the movies that we that we are really into are like um, movies where there's this craving of like justice or things being made right. Mm. You know mm. what I mean? Like, like, yeah. like Braveheart, like, like Gladiator. Yeah. I love the last samurai as well. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I used to watch that quite a lot. Yeah. But I think the reason that we like a lot of these movies, even, even kind of the Avengers stuff sometimes or whatever you watch, or if it's yeah, right. star Wars or, or whatever it is. Um, and by the way, um, may the fourth be with you. Um, if we had a record this history, <laughs> I know it would be perfect. Could have said that, but but there's a, I think there's this craving in us, isn't there, for for things to be made right? Mm. Uh, and, yeah, and all those have like a sense of uh, community as well in them, don't mm-hmm. they? Braveheart, Scottish, all banding together. Mm. Um, even the Last Samurai's got that gladiator. All the gladiators yeah, helping each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, her, I guess her is the pursuit of community because it's an AI. Yeah, it is. Artificial and he's a lonely old, he's a lonely man looking mm. for community and sense mm. of belonging. Hey, what? On the topic of gospel community, <laughs> did we? Not, not gospel community. <laughs> of community. Let's uh, segue neatly. Uh, so we're, we're doing a new. So you you took us through the Book of Romans, yeah, um, in gospel community, and then it's my privilege to work through First Corinthians with the church. What was that? You're, you're still excited that you segued there? <laughs> it, was just, it was just the corniest thing ever. Like. So. Um, so yeah, we're in First Corinthians. Uh, we're going to be here for the next few weeks, uh, God willing, and then I'll be teaching on Wednesday nights at our home groups. Home group, actually. Um, so, so some context for the church at Corinth for the First Corinthians. The church there's there's a number of churches in Corinth at this time. First uh, Corinthians fourteen clearly demonstrates. We're not going to go to the verse, but it clearly demonstrates it has the word churches. Um, so I mean, it's a big city. It's a lot of people in that city. So. 
different, you know, there's different areas and people would have went to their local home church, wherever they met, they would have gone to the one that was close to them. So it wasn't like denominational splits. It was just wherever you could geographically get to, that was your, that was your wee place that you went to church. Um, but 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 also Paul in verse two calls it the Church of God at Corinth. So even though there's churches, mm-hmm. he calls them the Church of God. Um, and sadly, as we read through this letter, First Corinthians, that what we see is that the church itself and the churches that make up the church at Corinth are sadly deeply divided, full of hostility, full of pride, and full of selfishness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's four ways that we see clearly in Corinthians that the churches and the church itself was divided. So first of all, what we're going to look at today was there was division over favorite teachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chapter yeah. one to three. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we have that at Blurton. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, chapter eight to 10, we have a division over liberty issues, mm-hmm. which you brought up in Romans 14 to 15, That's right, yeah. um, which we'll cover again then when we get to it. Chapter 11, there's a division over wealth and status. Mm-hmm. So there was rich people, there was poor people, and they were not united in love for Christ and love for one another. And then chapter 12 to 14, there was division over gifts and worship. So yeah, deeply divided church and churches, full of hostility toward one another, full of pride and full of selfishness. You know, the thing is, um, I'm looking at that list, um, every teacher, liberty divisions, yeah. social classes, gifts in, in worship. What's changed, man? There's just still the same issues. 2,000 years later, we're still arguing over this yeah, stuff, yeah. you know. Yeah. I guess we need to read Corinthians more, yeah. or, or follow the principles of Corinthians yeah. more. Um, and so Paul writes this letter, a big part of the reason for this letter being written is to call this church back to unity. The church mm-hmm. itself of Corinth and the churches in Corinth back to unity um, within the church and within the churches. But before he does that, he reminds them of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And that's extremely important. One of the things we've been really trying to hammer home at Blurton is that we can only live out the gospel through the power of the gospel mm-hmm. in us. So he reminds them of the gospel and then he calls them out on how to live in light of the gospel truth. And what I was sharing in on Wednesday night is that gospel truth leads to gospel identity, leads to gospel practice, leads to gospel community. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's I, I just um, and I've got my Genesis cap on, and I'm right. sorry, that's all right. <laughs> but but we were just talking about something uh, today, which was uh, I thought was interesting that that anatomically God made man and female the way that He made them to reproduce, but that that wasn't necessary until after the fall. So God made them with He gave them life to to do that, and that came out when it was necessary so to speak. Um, so he, he had enabled them to do something that they would need to do. God had, as it were, planted the seed for that to take place. And whether we're looking at the, um, you know, the, the trees that yield fruit or, or whatever the case is, each one of those seeds have the capability of reproducing. Mm. And eventually it's going to come out, right? Eventually the seeds are going to drop, it's going to reproduce, and there's mm. going to be this work taking place. And similarly, I think when we, when we passionately believe the gospel, you, you cannot, I think it's impossible to passionately believe the gospel and not be impacted mm. by it relationally. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. If you, if, I mean, if you really believe this in your heart of hearts, all the implications of the gospel, then it, it'll change. Yeah. change so, so, so God doesn't just give us the gospel just to believe. Yeah. He does give it to us to believe, mm. but not just to believe. That belief produces or should produce things in our lives. Yeah. So it said in a bigger way, 
uh, about gospel truth, leading to your gospel identity, leading to gospel practice, leading to gospel community, is this: is the teachings of God's grace um, lead us to repenting and resting daily in God's grace? Mm-hmm. So the gospel is not just for when I got saved; it's a daily repenting, a daily resting um, in God's grace. Then I'm empowered and motivated to live out of God's grace. Mm-hmm. And as we all do that, then we have a community who treat each other according to God's grace. And that's the great goal in Ephesians 1. It talks about this. Mm-hmm. The great goal is to unite everything under Jesus Christ. Um, so, yeah, gospel truth leads to gospel identity, leads to gospel practice, leads to gospel community. And that's why Paul, mm-hmm. seeing this church deeply divided and the churches within Corinth deeply divided, um, begins he's, he begins to write this letter. He's like, I'm going to tell them the gospel. Mm-hmm. And he reminds mm-hmm. them of these truths. So, um so we're going to do chapter one to three today. Uh, obviously, we're not going to get into massive details, but we're just going to look at some of the this, the implications of the gospel and gospel community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's this division over teachers. And again, before he talks about their fellowship with one another, he talks to them about their fellowship with God. So we get verse two to verse uh, nine. We're going to get first, but we'll not read all that in one go. So if you can just grab verse two for us, first of all. Yeah, to, to the church of God, which is at Corinth. Uh, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. All right. So he calls, even though there's a number of churches in Corinth, 1 Corinthians 14, he calls them the church. So they're all a number, they're all connected to one another by Jesus Christ. So they all belong to one another through Jesus. They're united to him. And then they're united to one another. They are, the word church, of course, means the called out assembly of God's people. So they've been called out and called to him and to one another. So they're the church. Um, The second word is they're sanctified. So uh, the word sanctified then. What's that? (laughs) It means to be set apart for a purpose. Yeah. 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 So set apart from sin, Mm -hmm. set apart to God. Um, and it's not saying you're being sanctified. It's you, you who are sanctified. So this is positional sanctification. I have been called out mm-hmm. um, and I've been called in to fellowship with God. So, and then it says called to be saints. So what's a saint then? Well, it's, it's a holy one. It's, it's someone who's been made holy by the blood of Christ. Yeah. So if you're listening to this today and you're, you've trusted in Jesus as Savior, whatever your track record's been this week, today's Friday, we're recording. So um, we're at the end of the week. Whatever your track record's been, you're holy in the sight of God mm. because mm. you're you're a saint in Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, and then it says with all who in every place. So you belong to this universal humanity. Um, so you belong to God. Now is what verse two is talking about, and you belong to one another. You're the church. You're with all, and then in the middle. So it's it's at the start of verse two to the end of verse two. You belong to one another. You're mm. the church, mm. and you're with every with everyone who calls on the name. And in the middle of verse two, it's you also belong to God. You're sanctified and you're made holy. So that's beautiful, right? Um, every single person. So, so, so I've been called out, set apart, and made holy by God. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm I'm made to be in community with others who've been called out, set apart, and made holy by God. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically it. That's how, that's how God, you know, yeah. and again, it's my Genesis cap on, but it's not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're, we're, and we're leading there. I know, but I'm yeah, just, yeah, I'm no, just it's saying. good, man. It's great. It's great. So we're, we're called out. We're set apart. We're made holy through trusting in Jesus Christ as Savior. This is really good news. Mm-hmm. Verse two is really good news. And then we get verse three to verse four. If you can, if you can get that for us. Three and four. 
Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus. Okay, so grace. Um, God has, has, has graciously given us the forgiveness of sins, eternal life, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, uh, peace with God, peace with uh, one another, peace in our conscience. Um, so grace and peace from the Father and from the Son. And someone, I can't remember who it was, said the Holy Spirit's not mentioned there because the Holy Spirit is that grace and peace. Mm-hmm. He is grace and peace to you. He, he is the one who brings that to you. Mm-hmm. That's um, great. And so, yeah, so this is a, a group of people. Paul, Paul. I mean, you, we know if you read First Corinthians, this is a messy group of people full of sin, full of hostility, full of pride. And Paul writes, you are holy, you are set apart, you are called out, you have been given grace and peace from from the Father and from Jesus Christ. It's just mm-hmm. like <laughs> the gospel is still true. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's able to thank God for them in, in this sense. So we get to verse 5 to verse 7. And again, we just continue to see some of what God has given these people. Um, and he's given us as well through through Jesus <coughs> Christ by the Holy Spirit. So if you don't mind getting verse 5 to 7. Mm-hmm. Um that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed to you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so these are people who are now enriched, spiritually poor, um, cast off ones, Gentiles, who God, as Romans 1 says, gave up and gave over, and now they are enriched. Mm. God is not... Um, greedy, he's not stingy, he has enriched them in everything, in, in utterance and knowledge. you have anything to, about what this idea of what utterance and knowledge is here? Yeah, uh, speech, in, in all speech. So the, um, you know, I think lacking in no gift in serving yeah. Christ and speaking of him. Yeah. yeah. And in all doctrine, like you've, yeah. in all knowledge, you've, you were, you were, you were once poor. Now you're rich. Mm. You're once in darkness. Now you are in light. You're once in ignorance. Now you're in the truth. And yeah. verse seven, you come short in new gift. Basically, Paul saying you've been given, you've been graciously, everything has been graciously poured out to you um, through Jesus Christ, so that you're able mm. to live the life Jesus calls you to live. You have everything you need to live the life Jesus. Calls and, and that's you to. a reality. That's a present yeah. day reality. We talk about the right here, right now significance of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's included in it. Yeah. So right now here in Heron Cross, Stoke on Trent on the 5th of May, 2023, I have everything I need to live the life Jesus mm-hmm. calls me to because he's given me everything I need. He's enriched mm-hmm. me. Um, so so we're going to keep going to the, go- these, are, these are gospel truths. So if you'll get the end of verse seven again and mm-hmm. then read to verse eight. Uh, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, great. So Jesus is coming. Mm-hmm. When he comes, you who've trusted in Jesus are going to be blameless. Mm. You're going to stand before him blameless. I love Jude one twenty four. Um, you're going to be presented before him without spot and great joy mm. um, on that day that you see him. And, and then I love what it says. In verse 8, he will confirm you to the end. Or well, we had a few people reading different translations on Wednesday night. He will keep you to the end. He will sustain you to the end. So it's his keeping power. Um, that him that you you know I love, he will hold me fast. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. Through my doubts, my struggles, my sins, he's mm. going to hold fast to me. Because he's mm. because why? Because verse 9 says, because God is faithful. Mm. And he he's going to do this. Yeah. Spurgeon who said, it's, it's not um, my hold of Christ that saves me. It is Christ. Yeah. 
That's good. It's Christ. It's yeah, beautiful, man. He is faithful. Um, so verse nine, finally, just to give us to get more of this rich gospel stuff that that Paul is trying to help the the Corinthian believers to see. Uh, God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. All right. So you've been called into fellowship with the God of the universe, mm. and you're kept by His faithfulness, not your own. So, so the past, the, the Corinthians' past has been dealt with. They've been in all of their sinfulness, their idolatry, their their rebellion against God. Um, they're now set apart, made holy, given grace, and called into fellowship with God. That's their past. Mm-hmm. They're present. They're they're enriched in everything, and they're being sustained and kept by Him. And their future, they're going to be presented to him blameless mm. on that day. Mm. So past, present, and future implications of the gospel. Paul mm. writes that out in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 1 to verse 9, before he says anything about the issues that are in play here. And that's, that's beautiful because he says blameless in the fellowship of his son. Mm. So like there's never go- not going to be a moment, or there's never going to be a moment where I'm not united to Christ. Man. And isn't that incredible that's, to think about? Yeah. yeah. Never. And that's that's the good news of the gospel, right? Mm. And it, I mean, you read the Corinthian letter, and it's like these people are blameful, mm. <laughs> and yet Paul says you're going to be blameless on that day, mm. and you're holy, and you're like these people are not holy, <laughs> and you're like yeah, they're holy in the sight of God because mm. of the grace of Jesus, right? So we get to then verse ten onwards, and we're not going to like we said we're not going to do all of chapter one, two, and three, but just some of the, the truths here. <clears throat> We're like, we're quite deep into the time. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I've talked about yeah, Braveheart so much. about movies? Right? So, <laughs> um, so verse 10 to verse 13 just gives us what's going on here in in Corinth and an appeal. So, so yeah, let's read verse 10 and realize verse 10 comes after verse 1 to 9. Okay. Mm-hmm. So verse 10 comes after the gospel truth. So gospel truth leads to gospel identity leads to gospel practice, leads to gospel community. So verse 10 there, if you would. Okay. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right. So what, is, what does he mean? Before we get to the rest of it, why does he say by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ? Because um, there's there's authority mm-hmm. uh, associated with the name of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's as if as if Christ himself is saying it. Yeah. So whatever is about to come next, right? Jesus Christ is commanding mm-hmm. what's about to come next mm-hmm. from his people. Yeah. So that means it's serious, serious stuff. Mm. Um, serious weight is added by saying, by the authority of Jesus, by the name of Jesus. All right. So, sorry. Go ahead there. That's all good. Um, yeah. By the name of the Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. All right. So, how do you live like the gospel is true? Paul says one of the ways is verse 10, to speak the same thing, to not have division, to be perfectly joined mm. together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Mm. So all this, basically saying all this stuff you're doing there in Corinth, you're not living like the gospel is true. You're not living under the authority of Jesus Christ. You're not living like he's king. Because if you were, mm. this is what your church is and what the church at Corinth would look like. And it would look like these buzzwords, right? Agree, no division, united. Same mind, same judgment. Yeah. Paul's basically saying here, agree together and end your divisions. Be united by the same mind and purpose, which is under the gospel. The Holy Spirit has united you, so live like like live like that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, verse 11 tells us the issue. Verse 11 to verse 13, really. Um, there's contentions among them. There's quarreling. There's splits. There's strong disagreements. 
And in verse 12 to 13, gives to the heart of this, this one issue in Corinth, though there's a number of other ones, there's divisions over teachers. Mm. So some of the guys are saying, I follow Paul. Paul mm-hmm. started this church. Uh, he, he was a, an apostle to the Gentiles, so it was likely the Gentiles who were saying that, but potentially. Mm-hmm. Some were saying, I follow Apollos. Um, he, he was a great orator. He was more entertaining, perhaps. Paul says, I came in weakness and <laughs> trembling lips. Mm-hmm. And Apollos comes with like a, a, a really great ability to preach. Um, some people are following Peter. And again, he was an apostle to the Jews. So maybe the Jewish Corinthians were kind of more likely to follow and lean towards him. And then some say, I follow Christ, which is a way of saying, I don't follow any of those guys. Yeah. I, I don't I don't submit to any of them. I don't listen to any of those people, which was actually wrong. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so all four groups here are wrong. And chapter two, which we're not going to get into, but Paul basically says in chapter two, all of this nonsense about dividing over one another and dividing over different people is just worldly. Mm. That's the way we used to live. That's carnal. That's foolishness. Um, that's not the way Jesus Christ wants us to live all that's been done away with through, through the foolishness of the cross because um, the worldly wisdom and biblical wisdom is so different from one another. So that's chapter two, which we're not going to get into, but we're going to skip ahead then to chapter three, unless you have anything to add from no, chapter no, one. No, that's good. Um, we'll get chapter three. So yeah, so all of this division is taking place. There's favoritism. Um, they're dividing over these. There's rival factions being created in Corinth and in the different churches at Corinth over who your favorite preacher is and on all that different stuff. And mm-hmm. um, and they were creating factions out over maybe different emphasis that these different preachers had. Um, so we get to chapter three, verse one to verse three, and Paul has some serious things to say. So if you'll get verse one to the halfway through verse two. Mm-hmm. And, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. That's great. So, Paul's looking back to the time he was in Corinth. Do you remember how long, was it three years he was in Corinth? I think it was three, one, three or a year and a half. I can't remember if that's Ephesus or Corinth, but, yeah, he, but quite a long time at Corinth. And he looks mm-hmm. back at that time and he says, when I was with you guys, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual people, mm-hmm. but as the carnal, as the babes in Christ. So why do you think, why is, why is he saying that for? Um, I think because there's division. Yeah. So mm-hmm. even then, like he remembers, he remembers like, when he was with those guys, how many times he had to reconcile mm, people, mm. probably how much division there was in the churches at that point and how much work he had to put in to constantly be calling for unity, calling for reconciliation. He's like, back then you guys were really immature um, mm. and really unspiritual. And then at the end, the second half of verse two um, and then to the first little bit of verse three, if you can grab that for us. So for until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able for you are still carnal. Right. So they're still living this way. Mm-hmm. So there's still carnality. There's mm-hmm. still immaturity. Uh, years have passed now and they're still living the same old worldly way of dividing from one another with hostility and pride and, and favoritism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm seeing these things and being a parent. I'm just, <laughs> I'm trying not to throw my kids under the bus on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Rule one of preaching. Uh, all right, so get the, get get the rest of verse three then, and we, and we see what the problem is. For where there are strife, uh, where there are envy, strife and divisions are. Uh, sorry, where there are envy, strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Right. 
So basically what, what's saying here is if you are a divisive Christian, dividing over secondary and tertiary issues, dividing over preference issues, all this stuff, you are, whether you want to accept it or not, a deeply immature and worldly person. Mm-hmm. God doesn't want, God can work in you. God yeah. can rescue you from that. You can yeah. repent of that today immediately and become and, and be transformed. But if you're dividing over doctrinal issues that are that are not primary doctrinal issues, or sorry, if if you're divisive over these things, yeah. Yeah. then you're you are you might know a ton of doctrine. You might have read all the books. You might mm-hmm. be able to argue your point extremely well. But if you're a divisive character, you are deeply immature, mm-hmm. according to Paul here. Which yeah, he, is he says quite a man. I, I mean, I used to be such a divisive person yeah. and read this passage of scripture. And sometimes and, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, what in the world, man? I was so divisive and, mm-hmm. and I would read this and be like, oh yeah, that's them over there. And not really, this is speaking about me because I'm so mm-hmm. prideful in how I divide from Man, you, you know what I was like. I was, you know, this version of the Bible. Horrible. I was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> only this version of the Bible and only this mm. point of doctrine. And, and like I was so divided from brothers and sisters in Christ thinking mm. I was deeply mature because I knew my theology. Yeah, yeah. Paul says here, it's not about knowing your theology. Mm. It's about your unity with your brothers and sisters. Yeah, it's yeah. deeply challenging, man. He's, he's saying that spiritual maturity involves the breaking down of unnecessary divisions and uniting on the things that matter, right? Because he's coming out of these gospel truths. He's saying, here's what it looks like to be immature when you unnecessarily cause divisions on things that don't matter. Yeah, that are are not, that are are smaller than our call to unity. Yeah, yeah. Um, So the rest of chapter three, which we're not going to get into, Paul finishes it by explaining that he, Peter, and Apollos were not divided from one another, uh, but they were partnering together in the work of the gospel under the authority of Jesus Christ. They were in fellowship with one another. Like later on in, in this letter, he he's like, I, I actually tried to get Apollos to, to come to you guys, but he didn't want to come. <laughs> Wonder why. Um, he's like, I'm not going there for a while. Um, but rather, these guys were indep- interdependent of one another. They were teaching the same gospel. They weren't rivals who wanted their own faction. So they, all three of these guys are heartbroken that this is what's happening in Corinth. Mm. So skipping all of this, and I want to try and get to some applications for us. Um, but can I just before yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yep. there's such a huge contrast, isn't there, from what we saw in in chapter one and what we see in chapter three? Yeah, like he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're gonna touch it, but I'm I'm just thinking like he's just like this is immaturity, but this is the opposite of that is what I told you to do right at the beginning of the yeah, epistle. Yeah, chapter one verse ten is this is how to be a mature spiritual believer. Chapter three verse one to three, this is how to be an immature on spiritual belief. Yeah, so go ahead. Sorry. No, it's good, man. Um, so I want I want to talk, touch on two things before we wrap it up today. Um, number one, we're looking for unity, not uniformity, mm-hmm. right? So we can have our different likes and dislikes when it comes to all sorts of things. Yeah. Whatever Bible version you want, whatever type of music style you want, <clears throat> however you want to dress, your different likes and dislikes, your different ideas and preferences, which we're going to get to in Corinthians, your different personalities, your different views when it comes to secondary and tertiary matters, but we must not let them divide us. Yeah. And we can we can have different levels of fellowship and say, you know, we kind of really work together tightly, like Paul and mm-hmm. Barnabas mm-hmm. do, but we're not divisive. Mm-hmm. So even in our dividing, we're not divisive. Mm-hmm. Um, mature spiritual people 
whether you like to accept this or not, according to Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 1 and 3, <laughs> mature spiritual people seek to live in unity with their brothers and sisters who are different from them on mm-hmm. some of these things. Mm-hmm. So it's unity, not uniformity. You have to give people the freedom to come to their own opinions of Scripture. There only is one truth. I mean, you know, we can't all be right on eschatology, yeah, but we all have right. to like patience and humility as brothers and sisters come to these things themselves. That's right. Um, does does anyway. that attract away? Does that distract away from the main issues? That's, and that's that's the thing from from what we've been called to do in the Bible as the church. Mm-hmm. Do those things distract away from it? Right. Right. So right. so so if. If one of these issues is like big dividing issue, yeah, then we're going to have to divide. But we we do it in the spirit of Christ, right? We yeah. talked about that. Yeah. But but at the same time, if it does not distract away from those those issues of how we should function as the church of God and as a community mm. living in in, in gospel um, unity, yeah, then um, yeah, I, I just have the wrong idea about this, mate. I used to I used to think that that I was spiritually mature, like that that a mark of my spiritual maturity. Was whether or not I take a stand yeah. for this systematic theology or this or that, yeah. and like how divisive or divisive I can be yeah. over these issues yeah. shows how spiritually mature I am. Exactly. But according to this passage, <laughs> according to Paul, it's the exact opposite. <laughs> Total isn't it? opposite, man. Uh, it doesn't mean we don't dis- dispute or we don't disagree and we don't have debates, but. But the character in which we, the atmosphere in which we have all of those is humble patience and gentleness, mm-hmm. the fruit of the spirit and how we have these disagreements with one another, because we're not saying like, stop thinking and just get in line. No, no. Yeah. So, so don't compromise yeah. what you, yeah. what you believe. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. believe it. Yeah. Yeah. But do that in a kind, gracious, humble, patient way. Yeah. Um, Cause Jesus is called you. How, how different are you from Jesus? And he's called you into fellowship with himself. How wrong are you in certain points of doctrine without even realizing it? Mm-hmm. And Jesus is still in fellowship with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe you maybe you you had a position that you've changed your mind over that position mm-hmm. in the last few years. So you so you're saying you were wrong that position you held five years ago, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. How patient, gentle, kind, and and safe for you mm. <laughs> in Jesus Christ mm. and his goodness towards you, even though, even though you were wrong in that point of theology, that's how you should be treating your brothers and sisters. And those are gospel with. truths. Yeah. Like that, that's a gospel truth. That's, that's yeah. me taking community and looking at it through the lens of the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. So the second point, cause we're at 30, man, uh, <laughs> liking and loving one another. Mm-hmm. So it's not wrong to like some people more than others. That's just human nature, right? Yeah. Birds of a right. feather flock together. Mm-hmm. They're people you have more in common with, there's people whose sense of humor meshes nicely with yours. Um, Northern, when I ever, whenever I meet a Northern Irish person, my accent goes back to Northern Irish and my humor goes immediately back. <laughs> I mean, I just start ripping this Northern Irish person to pieces and he or she loves it and does it back. But I can't do that here. But I, you know, I, I gravitate toward that accent and that humor. Um, there are people who share my interests. So it's not wrong to like some people more than others. It is wrong, however, to only pursue them while avoiding and dividing from people who are different from you. So to say it in a more succinct way, our flesh naturally gravitates towards people that we like Mm. and people who are like us. People we like and people who are like us. But the Spirit of God working in us moves us towards people who are hard to love and Mm. people who are not like us. Mm. That's the Mm. When you are... When you are a, a, a Christian who is moving towards people that are hard to love mm. and moving toward people that are not like you on preference and secondary doctrinal issues in love and grace, you know the Spirit of God's working in you. Mm. If you are not moving towards those people, 
then that's your flesh mm. and that's your immaturity that's working at play there, according to Paul in First Corinthians mm. chapter three. So, so it's 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 counter gospel to purposely avoid fellowship with those who are different from you. Yeah, yeah. And that's challenging, man. That's really tough. And I love it. Our church, there are differences of opinion on eschatological issues, on the on different views on election, different view on the gifts. Um, and we're united to one another by the Holy Spirit under the name of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're trying, <laughs> we don't want to allow these things to become divisive yeah. because Paul's calling us to unity here. And that's a maturity mm-hmm. and godliness is to be united even in some of these differences. Yeah. Um, yeah which is not going to make everyone listen to this happy and it's okay. So, <laughs> so if you, if, if we've sinned in this way, Matt, if we can look back over the last few years, months, or even weeks and see, I have been divisive in a, on a point of preference or a point of um, secondary tertiary doctrine. I, I divided in a divisive way. I had an unkindness to me, a lack of humility towards my brother or sister I was dividing with. Mm-hmm. Um, or I, I didn't gravitate toward a person who I, who is hard to love. If we can see that that's been our reality in the last few weeks and months, what should we do? Mm. Step one and step two. Um, PayPal. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no. Repent. Right. Go to the Lord. Fall, fall on your knees before God and say, I've been wrong. Yeah. Please help me. Mm. Heal me. Change my mind. Make me more like Christ. And, w- and what does he do when you when you come with that repentance? Well, according to 1 John 1, 9. He forgives me every time. Yeah. So you're a mess. You're a mess of sin. And if you can see your sinfulness, that's great. If you can see your divisiveness, Mm -hmm. brilliant, because there's so many people who are divisive and don't even see it. Mm -hmm. So praise God that the Holy Spirit's shown you your divisive spirit. Run to Jesus and be forgiven, like 1 Corinthians 1 has been saying. Mm -hmm. Step two, go to your brother or sister and apologize. That's um, so good, man. For having been a divisive jerk to them <laughs> so yeah i mean the call to unity again we're not saying compromise we're not saying these things shouldn't be discussed and and debated over we're saying the way in which you do this um shows whether or not you're a mature and spiritual person or whether you're an immature person who's still behaving like the rest of the world before mm. christ came to rescue you mm. so yeah uh, challenge and stuff yeah I, I like i'm just gonna say this i like something that you said and it was something akin to this. I might be saying it wrong, but true Christ-like fellowship with one another is only possible possible by initial and ongoing fellowship with God. Oh yeah, I did say that. Yeah, I have a line somewhere. <laughs> Skip that bit. Yeah, that's yeah. True Christ-like fellowship with one another is only ever possible through initial fellowship with God through being born again and ongoing fellowship with Him. Mm-hmm. So the only way I can be in true fellowship with you, Matt, yeah. is not because of our camaraderie or our our baldiness that we have in common or our great beards. It's very common. <laughs> Tree ongoing fellowship with you, Christ-like fellowship mm-hmm. with you, treating you with grace and patience and forgiveness and mercy mm-hmm. and you doing the same is only possible through my ongoing intimate fellowship with mm-hmm. God through Jesus Christ. Drop the mic. So if I'm not treating you that way, it's an indication that I'm not actually in close fellowship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if I am treating you that way, it's an indication that I am because that's only possible through being close mm. to him. Mm. So yeah, it's, uh, it's through the gospel that mm. we're able to treat each other this way. Only by the grace of God, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Body Bishops Podcast. 
If you have any questions or comments, you can contact us at baldybishops at gmail.com and we don't have social media. So you can get hold of us on the Blurton Baptist Facebook or Instagram. Let's go get a new cake. Cool.